Blog Talk Radio.
Okay, tell you what, 
talk a minute. Let me reboot this side of your thing back up, and I'm going to be right back, okay? Talk a minute, mm-hmm. and I'm going to bring Levi on talk with you till I get back. I'm going to have to okay. reboot my audio, okay? Give me just a minute. Tamika, are you on the air? Can you hear me? This is Tony. Yes. Yes, okay. Tony. Okay. All right. I'm ready to roll now. I'm ready to rock and roll. I apologize for everybody had major problems. Let's go ahead and get our show started. We've got a special guest tonight on the show, Miss uh, this particular young lady here. Uh, let me go ahead and unmute her just to make sure she can get on. This particular young lady right here has multi-talented, and she can dance, sing, write poetry. She's no stranger to the stage. She's produced several uh, successful off-Broadway shows. She's dazzled the audiences and nations is all over the world, and she has been everybody's first love. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show, Miss Bernadette Stannis. Bernadette, how are you doing tonight? I'm fine. I'm doing great. Thank you. I am doing wonderful. I apologize. We had some major audio problems, but we are straight now. And everybody has been on me about you being on the show tonight, and this is what happens. But we're ready to roll right now. You doing all right tonight? Yes, I am. Thank you. Okay, well, thank you. Uh, And what I'm going to do is it's an honor to have you on. I'm a longtime fan. And now you're known mostly for your role on Good Times, this 1970 TV sitcom. Is that correct? That's correct. Now, we're not going to get into that right now. I'm going to get into that a little bit later. But since for the sake of time, because I had the audio problem, I'm going to jump on right into it. Uh, tell us about yourself. Where did you grow up, and did you always want to act? Or what was the situation <laughs> with you growing up? Did you always well, have that acting bug? Well, yeah, kind of. Um, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York, in the Brownsville section of Brooklyn. And um, I well, I what I remember is when I was five years old, my grandmother uh, took me to a dance class and enrolled me because she said I was always dancing, and she just said, I'm going to put you in a dance class. It was <laughs> tap dance and ballet, and then she came home and she told my mother, I just enrolled her in a dance class. Now you keep her in it, <laughs> and I remember that. So, I mean, I've been in dance class from that time on. Um, then I incorporated some acting classes in there. I've always been a part of the arts, but, you know, I also uh, was very academic and I I wanted to become a a psychologist. That was really what I was going to be when I grew up. You know, that was my whole idea of this. And and then, you know, good times happened. So it's like, okay, go there then. (laughs) Wow, some of the things you said on good times could have made you a good psychologist, the comebacks you had on that show. But I understand you went to Juliet School uh, for Drama. Uh, how was that experience? Okay, I went to the Juliet School of Music, but okay. they have a drama division, you know, okay. in Manhattan. And um, that was awesome because um, it, it taught you how to really, um, well, we really learned the skill of acting mm-hmm. and that it is a process and it's a learned skill. A lot of people don't know that. They think that when you start acting, you you know, you just, well, you know, everybody can act. Everybody cannot act. You know, some people can, some people cannot. But it is a skill. Once you do have the talent to act, act. there is a skill to make uh, certain things happen timely, like when you have to cry or different emotions and things like that. So, I mean, it's, it's a process. I, I do know one thing, though. We would go to school. I would have to be in class, say, about 9 or 10, mm-hmm. and we would they're all the way until uh, midnight, 
you know, yeah, every day. But we had a break, like say I had my break around from around five to about eight, sometimes three to about eight. So you know, you do have that time where you know you, you know you're off. Right. Wow. And, of course, I know after that you got into acting, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But I am fascinated, Bernadette, that you are an author, and uh, I've, I've ordered the book. But I wanted to know, I've got uh, this one I was looking at, Situations 101, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Tell us about that one. That has been fascinating to me, and I can't wait to get my copy. Tell us a little bit about that particular book. That's a I have a series of them now. I have them, all of them called Situations 101. Is that the relationship one? That is. Okay, that one. Okay, because I have another one, Situations 101, Finances. The good That's, that. right. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, this one, the one on relationships, um, is very, very interesting. I started out, uh, actually, I, I've always been sort of a counselor. I guess that, that psychology thing is always been in my blood, but you know how you become the girlfriend that everybody goes to? Right. So I am that. So it's like, you know, I've been given advice for many years. How I know these things, I really don't know. Mm. I just remember one time I asked my mom about a relationship thing, and mm. she said to me, Bernadette, I can't answer that, but I do want you to read everything you possibly can on relationships. And from that moment on, I have been, I've got books, all kind of books. I've studied it for years. So I just started helping my, my friends and guys and girls. Mm. So then one day I realized that because I do travel a lot, that I, I have friends all over the country and that a lot of friends have the same problems. I'm like, you know what, this is really weird. That's an epidemic. People go into certain situations and stay in them, can't get out of them, things like that. So I said, well, maybe if I were to create a book on something, some of the things that I have heard, wrote stories around them, made them more interesting, maybe I can talk to them through that. And so that's how that book came about and my responses to each and every situation. Wow, okay, so it gives some good relationship uh, advice just about in every chapter. I think from what I read, every chapter deals with a particular issue. Is that how it is in the relationship book? Yes, yes exactly. I have 101 different situations and my response to each and every one of them. I can't wait to get my hands on it. Now, you've got another one oh, out. Oh, I thought you had it. If you had it, we could, we could have a lot of fun because we have yeah. like, a whole <laughs> lot of fun. I've got it on order, but that I promise I do. Huh? <laughs> I said I've got it on order. I promise I do. I'm I'm waiting on my copy now. Oh, okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> and then you also <laughs> now I've got to get this one too. Situations one on one finances. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, that one came about sort of right after. Well, not right after. A couple of years after I did situations uh, relationships because mm-hmm. um, I I speak to you know groups and different you know people about the book, and I hear them say uh, certain things that, that took me, um, not by surprise, but made me realize that a lot of relationships are on the rocks and not going well and things mm-hmm. like that, and it has to do with finances. Mm-hmm. You know, people not having a great relationship with their own money, 
you know, not understanding it, not understanding how to keep it together with their money. And so it infringes on partners that you pick. I mean, you know, so some people are spin, you know, some people want to spend the money, some people want to save the money. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I'm saying? So you kind of yes. have some, you know what I mean? You have to have some kind of understanding about your own money and then about the money, the other person's money that you're living with or that you're married to. So, I mean, all that has to be, you know, worked out, really does. Because if you don't work it out and keep pushing it under the rug and one day we'll get to it or one day it'll bump into us, <laughs> you know, mm. um, what happens is uh, you have to face it because you, you need money to, to live. So one way or another, you're going to have to deal with your money issues. That's true. And this book is interesting to me because, like you said, the number one cause of divorces are finances and uh, relationship issues. And what would you personally, based on what your books say as a conglomeration, what would you at, at, say to a couple that may be listening tonight that might have some financial stress and it's affecting their relationship? What what would you tell them that's sort of based around what your books might say sort of on a short term, sort of on a short synopsis? Well, you know, my book uh, really just talks about certain situations of finances. But what I would say is this. I would say um, under those kind of situations and, and stress, it, it, it's wonderful to realize that you love the person. You know, it's it's love for the person, not not because your money is, is, is not right right now or anything like that, because it's really sometimes lack of information, lack of knowledge that we get into money problems. So let's not put the blame on anyone. Let's just say from this point, let's go from here. Like, I love you. I really do. I want to spend my life with you. Okay, now, we're in a mess right now with the finances, so how do we work it out? Real practical. I like that. And I'm going to tell everybody just a minute how to get, let her tell you how to get that book. we got one more for men only. Wow, a collection of poems. And I understand you did that book for um, some of your fans and some of the men out there that have helped you in your life and career and supported you. Is, can you tell us about that one? Say which one now? Say that again. For, for men only. Oh, for men only. Now, that <laughs> one. Oh, that's I love that little book, and I tell you why. Well, you know, when I wrote, uh, first of all, when I wrote the relationship book, I didn't quite know how the, my male audience would take it because I'm thinking, oh, they're going to think that this is all about females. This is females, but it's not. Men right. love this book as well as women love the book. Because my first critic was a man, he right. loved it. But I just said, you know, something just touched my heart, and I wanted to do something, especially. Um, for my male audiences because they love me. They always tell me they love me. They support me in everything, you know. It's just some a, a special relationship I have with them. And I said I wanted to share some poetry just for them. And so I, I, I decided to sit down and write them a love letter. The love letter is in, is in the little book. And then I composed about 20, I think, 20 of them, 20 poems just for men. So you're telling me these men can get a love letter from Thelma if they get this book? (laughs) Yeah, it's in there. Wow. (laughs) 
that's wonderful. You know what? I I really applaud you, Bernadette, for speaking positive things over men, not just, you know, men of color, but just men in general, because so much negative is put out there these days, and even on Father's Day. And I really want to applaud you for that. That is a a very worthwhile project. Uh, I can't wait to get that one and and shove it in my wife's face and say, read this. (laughs) Read this. Where can they get these these books at? Just go to my website, SelmaOfGoodTimes.com. You just go there, you order the book, and uh, in a few days you'll get that book. Okay, SelmaOfGoodTimes.com. And in case you don't have a pencil or pen, we're going to give that out in just a minute. And guess what, y'all? I found out that Bernadette is an artist. Now tell me something. J.J. wasn't the only artist on that show because I've seen some of your stuff. How did you get, I mean, you are multi-talented. How did you get into being an artist? Thank thank you so much. You know, there are certain things that I just always did. I I would always write poetry. I would always paint. I would always dance. It was all the arts just coming out in different ways, you know. (laughs) So um, painting was something that, um, I love doing. I do oils. I work in oils. I also work in um, pastels now, and I'm going to uh, very soon do something in acrylic. But um, it's just something that I just love doing. It, it pass- This is what I realize about art. Mm-hmm. Art has a way of tracking time for you. Right. And I, yes, and I thought that was very fascinating when I realized that. In other words, when I do a piece of art, it it almost captures a time in my life. Mm-hmm. So whenever I look at that piece, I remember that time. It, it it's like a photograph in a way, but it's right. much much different than a photograph because you you're putting your feelings into that that painting for that time in your life. That's what it is to me. Well, everybody go to ThelmaOfGoodTimes.com and look at some of her samples. Uh, are they are they for sale yet? Are you still uh, working on putting them for sale? Well, yeah, I'm working on that. Um, okay. Okay. I just have them for you know. Well, you know what? I might sell them. I really do. I, I think I will be selling those soon. So, I mean, if anybody has an um, an idea that they may want one, they can email me and we can talk about it. Okay, and they can email you from ThelmaOfGoodTimes.com, is that right? Yes, it goes straight oh. to my email. Okay, great. Now, uh, Good Times, um, I've had several questions sent in, and let me just say this. From 74 to 79, Thelma ran my, my little city of Selma, and you determined what time we went in in the evenings because my mom <laughs> couldn't get me to come in other than saying, hey, Good Times is on. <laughs> <laughs> And from 74 to 79, and it's still in syndication, how did you land that role of Thelma? How did I land it? Right. How did you get well, the role of Thelma? What What happened? Um, did you Did you have to audition for it? Yes, I did, but this is what happened. I was in a beauty pageant, and uh, it was in Manhattan. And uh, it was like almost the, the day of the show, like just that day, actually, uh, there was a manager in the audience, and when he saw me, he went over to my mother, 
and he said that they're looking for um, a daughter to play, uh, you know, in this, in this pilot, in this story, in this situation. And um, your daughter looks like she can possibly be that part, be that person. So he gave us a card, and we went up to, the, you know, CBS, and we auditioned for it. Norman Leah was there, and Jimmy Walker was there because he was the first one to be picked outside of Esther and John. So okay. he was he was picked and he was there and then they were looking for the daughter because they had the sons both sons they had the, everybody in place. So then I auditioned and um, I remember the script being kind of stiff. You know, it was like you know words like James Jr. I mean I wouldn't call my brother James Jr. I just wouldn't. So <laughs> so um, I I say may I please improvise and he looked at me and said do it. And then when I got up and I said hey brother. And then I said, look, J.J., and I hit him. And he looked at me like, what did you do? <laughs> so I started hitting him first, see. <laughs> and he, and he said, but he never would hit me back. He just started, you know, girl, girl, you know how he would do. So right. Norman loved that. He started cracking up, and I I just think that kind of won him over. Wow. That kind no, of won him right there. None of the dialogue, from what I understand, was improvised, though. I think in the show, you pretty much had to say everything had to be calculated, wasn't it? Absolutely. Everything was scripted. Everything. Okay. Even the pauses, the pauses between the breaks? Everything. Yes. Yes. Wow. Everything was a timing, a beat, a measure, everything. Wow. It, was it I don't realize that, but that's hard. <laughs> it, you know, it seemed like to me on 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 JJ Jimmy Walker's uh, pauses for the for the for the uh, laughter. He was chewing gum. Is, is that is it? Was it just me, or did you notice that? <laughs> it seemed like no, he, he wasn't chewed chewing gum. gum. That was just um, something that he did. He just did that. That was just an affectation of something. That was okay. just, <laughs> that was just one of those uh, JJ isms. <laughs> Now, I know you taped it in front of a live studio audience of about 250 people. Can you just remember one thing that happened live that was a blooper that none of us have ever seen happen, something funny that happened as a blooper? As a blooper. There were so many bloopers. Um, let me think. Um, okay, I'll, I'll put it on me. Mm. There was one time that I had to run in and say, Mom, Dad, um, something something I had to say about the community center. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know how when you say a word over and over, it sounds funny to you? Right, right. And then it starts sounding like, is that the word? You know, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in there, I ran in there, and I said, da 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 community. And I stopped. I couldn't, you know, I didn't say community center. I just stopped. And then they said, okay, okay, okay. And then the producer, the director was such a, a, a good guy. He would say, Oh, uh, excuse me, audience. We're going to run that back because uh, I did something up here in the in the uh, booth. Okay, right. it's my fault. Okay, and he would do it. He would say it's his fault. So now the second time I did it. Okay, I'm coming back in and say, Mom and Dad, there's something happening at the community, and I just couldn't get the word out. I just did not <laughs> get the word out. And so then the director goes, Okay, okay, one more time. Okay, audience, <laughs> bear with me. I am doing this. So blah blah blah. I did it one more time. I still couldn't get it out. So he said, okay, that's no problem. We're just going to go from here. Boom. And I had to do it as a pickup. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now you're going to have me watching all the episodes looking for the community center. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, what did happen. And I couldn't, you couldn't, 
for the world. I didn't know why that happened to me. I don't know why I could not say community. <laughs> it was like I couldn't say community center together. I'm like, what happened? But, you know, it does happen sometimes when you say a word and you focus on that word and all of a sudden the word sounds funny and then you're saying, and then your, your mind just freezes on it. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, Hello? Yes, I'm. I'm. That, that was. It might have oh, been yeah, something else. Hearing, I think, did that. But um. Well, so that that was one of a. That was a big blooper for me. Right. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. <laughs> changing the scene just a little bit. How did you? I understand you found out that John Amos, I think, that played James Evans. Um, how did you find out he had been written out of the cast? Well, we didn't find out. It, I know. I didn't know, and I don't think. Um, the one who played Michael, you know, Ralph Carter did not know. He did not know, and I did not know, for sure. Okay. I don't know if the others knew. Every Friday, the show was always taped on Thursdays. Okay. We would get up on Fridays and read the script for the next week. Mm. So we, we came to the studio, we all came to the studio, and we, it's a big old table, and we all sit around the table called the round table, and we get our scripts, and we open them for the first time, and we start reading so we're reading the scripts and everything, and then I, they say that um, I, I noticed that John wasn't sitting at the table, so I'm like, mm, well, maybe he's just not in this week, you know. And so we're reading, we're reading, and then they say something about uh, a, tele, a telephone call or a telegram, and um, and the father is dead. Mm. He had an accident, he's dead, and I'm like, oh. I'm like, mm. my breath, I'm like, oh. like that, I'm like, what? And so wow. we're reading along, we're reading along, and I'm waiting for them to, you know, the last few pages, I know this is getting kind of thin and getting to the back of the script. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm waiting for them to come back and say it was a mistaken identity or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was, that never happened. They just said he was dead. Well, when we closed the script, I looked up and I looked at Esther, but I used to call her mom and said, What's the, what? She never, she never said anything. And so then the producers said to to me and and Ralph, well, yes, uh, John will no longer be with us. You know, mm. he is no longer with the with the show. I'm wow. like, what? I was like, wait a minute. So I mean, when we did this, when we did that part, when I did that particular episode, those were some real tears. I mean, I was really hurt. Wow. Yeah, I can imagine it was a shock to find out that way. Yeah, well, it was a terrible so, way to find out. Yeah, so the so the mood was kind of somber, and I guess how was it the last episode of the last show? Was it kind of did you guys kind of get together and um, do anything special? Well, we always do that at the end of um, each season. We have uh, you know they give us a great big party, but um, this particular show we, we all knew that it was going to end um, like six months before, so everybody was prepared for it. Um, but the actual last show was um, was amazing because we did it, but we did it as if it wasn't the last show. We did it as if we were coming back next week, and then we all just did our parts and everything like that. And then when it actually was over and everybody was saying goodbye, I mean that's when it hit us. I mean, you know, for real, it's like wow. Wow. You mean we don't have to get up tomorrow and come read for, <laughs> for the next week? This is it? <laughs> oh, goodness. Wow. Wow. Yeah, well, it doesn't I... really hit you, hit you 
until you really realize you're not getting up tomorrow to go there. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, I tell you what, we, we had some problems, so I'm going to go ahead and go to the phone if that's okay with you and take a few calls. You got you got time to do that? Yes. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead and take a few calls because I've had a, our lines are jam-packed uh, for the first <laughs> time. And uh, so, hello, Levi. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You're on the phone live with Bernadette Stannis. What's your question or comment? Well, first of all, uh, hello, Mrs. Stannis. It's a pleasure to talk to you this evening. Oh, thank you. Pleasure to talk to you, too. Yes, I was telling uh, Camilla earlier, this is a bucket list moment for me. (laughs) 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 It has a privilege to talk to you. But but the the character that you played, uh, uh, Thelma Evans, that character was really, you know, the all-American Girl, every African American man I know, and I grew up in Selma, uh, as Tony did, and every African American man in my generation, if you ask them to rate their top three fantasy girlfriends, that character, Elma Evans from Good Times, is, is on everybody's top three list. Why, <laughs> <Mark>, thank you. <laughs> wow, Levi, thank you for your call. We're going to move on, but thank you so much, my brother. Hey, I feel you. I feel, you know, I was in the Selma, too. You know that, right? <laughs> right, 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 right? All right, brother, right. thank you for your call. Thank you so much. LV, welcome to the show. You're on with Bernadette Stannis live on Let's Talk About It. What's your question or comment? Oh, hi. I just want to say hi because I was just listening. Okay. Hello. Right. How are you? Hi, Sandra. I love you. Oh, I love you, too. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. I told her I'm still watching. Thank oh. you. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, you know we have. Hello? Okay, all right. Well, thanks for calling, Elby. Deborah, you're on the line with Bernadette Standards from Good Times, and what's your question or comment? My question is, well, I need her psychology information. I have a friend who is divorced, but she is staying in the area because they have children, but she is miserable. Now, I told her she's to go and be happy. The children will be okay. They can always take flights back and forth to visit. Did I give her good advice because she has to be happy too? Oh, wow. How many children does she have? They have two. How old are they? The children, they're uh, seven and nine. So they're old enough to understand that mom and dad is divorced. But she is not happy staying there, but she's staying there so that the kids won't be so far from their dad. Oh. Hmm. Well, um, so you're saying they live in different states. Right now they're staying in the same state, the same city, but she's not happy. Okay, but they're not in the same home. No, they're not in the same home, but if she wants to move, Closer to most of most of her friends, so that she can be okay. be happy. But she's not happy okay. staying there in the same city or in the same state with him. Right, and he won't let her take the kids. Is that what it is? No, she's staying because of the kids. No, no, so that I'm they won't. If, if she were to leave that state, would she be able to take her children? Yes, yeah, she can take the children. Just that dad won't see the children unless he comes to well, no. the state that she moves to. Well, she should leave if that would make her happy, and she and the dad can work out visitation rights. 
Okay, Deborah, you know I, mean? I appreciate that call. Thank you so much. I hope that helped out. We got time for one more call here, and we're going to have to let Miss Stannis catch a plane, and we'll go ahead and go with Tamika. Tamika, you're on the line with Bernadette Stance. What's your question or comment? Oh, wow. Hi, Thelma. <laughs> Hi. How are you? I am great. I just wanted to say that I have all of the seasons of Good Times on DVD, and I really, really do enjoy and appreciate the relationship that your character had with her brothers. It's phenomenal to watch. Yes, <laughs> with J.J. and Michael. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> it is wonderful to watch. So. Wow. Well, we appreciate you calling, and I, I agree with you. It's wonderful to watch. She is a phenomenal actor. Bernadette, um, my co-host is with me. We've been having audio problems. Cam, do you have a quick comment for uh, Ms. Stannis before we let her get out of here? Well, uh, Tamika, hi, Bernadette. How are you? Hi. How are you? I'm good. The only thing, um, actually, Tamika said exactly what I was going to say. I appreciate the relationship that you had not only with your brothers, but I appreciate the relationship that you had with your parents and how when your mother or your father had situations, you always came and you stood in, although you couldn't cook well or you couldn't iron, you did the very best that you could. <laughs> and I can appreciate you for that. <laughs> Thank you very much for taking out the time to be with us tonight. Oh, I enjoyed it. It was wonderful. Thank you so much. Well, I appreciate it. And before you go, could you please tell everybody who you are and that you are hanging out with Tony and Cam on the Soul of America Radio. All right. My name is Bernadette Stamis, and you know me as Thelma from the TV show Good Times. And I am hanging out with Tony and Cam on the Soul of America Radio. Oh, man, I couldn't have said it no better. I really appreciate your patience tonight. And you've been a wonderful guest, and thank you so much. I hope to have you on again soon, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Thank you so thank much, you Bernadette. So much. Love you. Okay. Love you, too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. We've been having some audio problems, but the devil got slapped in the face, and we'll be right back after this message. That's right, you're spending quality time on the Soul of America Radio right now. Want to check us out on the web? Go to www.soulofamericaradio.com. That's www.soulofamericaradio.com. Hey, give us a shout out, 323 784 
co-host is Cam I Am. Working behind the scenes is Jay Ara. She keeps the show together, and she's our glue. Our announcers, the very important part of our show, are Trinity, Cam's daughter, and Christopher, my son. They are the ones that you hear over the Coming to America theme. Also, if you want more information about us, you can visit our website. And again, it's www.soulofamericaradio.com. The show comes on Monday nights and Thursday nights at 8 p.m. with our special segment called On the Grill coming on Monday nights at 8 p.m. And On the Grill features our special guest panelists, Levi and Tamika. Thursdays are open mic. Want more information? Give us a call, 323-784-9638. Back to the show. You're listening to Let's Talk About It on the Soul of America Radio. Back for your wives. <laughs> hey, hey. 
Hey, they hey, said it's supposed hey, to rain. That's what you said, wasn't it? Didn't you say it's supposed to rain? Hey, hey, that's, that's what I that's said. Right. I, 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 I saw Bigfoot in Seattle, right? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the one. Bigfoot in Seattle. I gotta say it took every ounce that I had not to scream like a white woman, but I think I made it to the whole thing. You ain't got to lie, Craig. You ain't 
We'll be right back and we're going to say our goodbyes right after this.
going to wrap up our broadcast tonight here at the Soul of America Radio. Be sure to check us out at www.soulofamericaradio.com for more broadcasting information. You take care and you keep soaring.